things change Knows the number of the stars Every secret in my heart All my doubts All my questions And every fear I have About what might happen You're the same God You're with me in the middle of it all God, you're catching every tear as it falls I know you'll never change even when I'm feeling far away you love me the same God you love me the same God you love me the same God you love me the same You're a God of grace and empathy You know how it feels to cry Cause you lived a human life You're not afraid of anything Even darkness is a light There's no reason I should hide All my doubts, all my questions And every fear I have about what might happen You're the same you're with me in the middle of it all, God. You're catching every tear as it falls. I know you'll never change, even when I'm feeling far away. You love me the same, God. You love me the same, God. You love me the same. Good to be here. For those who have been gone, we are glad you're back. We are, and we hope that you had a great time. Saw some pictures from some people and uh, looked like fun. Y'all ate a whole bunch and, um, or at least took a whole bunch, okay, <laughs> at least took a whole bunch of pictures of food, um, <laughs> even if you didn't eat it. Uh, but, but we are glad that you're back. If you're watching online, hello, and um, we're glad to have you here. So, uh, different things going on this week, excuse me, this coming week, uh, next Sunday is First Sunday Meal, just talking about that, yes, September, First Sunday Meal, and uh, think about the fact that we have only 
two first Sunday meals left of the year because we do September and then October. And then in, uh, this, in November, we do thanks meal. So keep that in mind. Get some people here for thanks meal. And then in December, we usually pause our, our first Sunday meal for our church Christmas party. So we got we got to be strong here these last two times y'all bring your best okay um <laughs> bring some good food bring people with you you will get a call for that but uh but just keep that in mind also the month of august if you've not yet brought your school supplies please do so um there are still some school sales right now so if you haven't yet gotten your things you, there's plenty to be had and um if you do not have time drop some money in somebody's hand or if you don't have money please bring a shoebox very important because uh, we are going to have lots and lots of of items and we want plenty of shoeboxes to to have uh, available to us also the 19th of next month we're having a Gideon so our, our Gideon representative will be here don't know who it is yet but uh, maybe somebody we we know maybe someone we don't know but we we are glad to have the Gideons here yesterday we went to a, a concert and as we were coming into the into the gate there was a Gideon there handing out Bibles and he he said um, you know can I please give you this New Testament and then um, somebody said well I kind of feel bad for taking it because I mean I have one already it's like no I'm glad like let me here we go I got a little tiny one I didn't have never had one of those before so um, but but we are glad for for those Gideons who do stand out in the heat and give out um, Bibles and and go to other countries and hand out things so please do consider um, saving up some some cash for them because it's a very important thing that they do uh, so we are we are glad for them. Um, this this morning, um, as Shane was getting ready, and you know, he asked a silly question. He was he was ironing his shirt, and he said, "Who was the last person to use this iron?" <laughs> that was, you know, sometimes they say there are no dumb questions, but that was a dumb question. <laughs> that was that would be you, man. Um, so I don't for real, y'all. If that makes me a bad wife, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me, because I do not iron. He irons all his own stuff. He irons all of my stuff. He irons all of Gracie's stuff. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Jesus. That's a blessing. Um, but he <laughs> he had finished ironing his shirt, and he opened the door, and he said he was about to, he was like reaching up, because it goes on the on the shelf in the laundry room, and he's just reaching up. Gracie said, Dad, can you iron this shirt for me? And he he came back in the room and he said, you know, something told me that I needed to ask her if she needed it, but no. And uh, I said, you know what that is? And mom always says, and I heard someone say just recently, that that's the prompting of the Holy Spirit to to let us know we need to do something or we don't need to do something. And, uh, and the person that I heard just recently said, it's a, a way for the Lord to get you obedient in small things because he's preparing you to be obedient in larger things so anytime you hear that prompting of the holy spirit please do of those those little things that seem silly that that like why on earth should i that's not a big deal but it's the it's the way for the lord to uh to keep us 
tuned in to the Spirit and to be more and more obedient to His Word. I will say that I, I mentioned that to him, and he said, no, I think it was just the Lord being funny. I think that he, um, he said, oh, watch this. Shane's not going to listen to me, and I'm going to get him. And he said, he said, I really believe that as I was putting this up on the shelf, that he, he made Gracie come in right at that moment, and he's up in heaven looking at me and laughing his butt off. <laughs> And maybe he is. I don't know. That could be the thing with you. I don't know. But, uh, but please do listen to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we are so grateful for who you are. God, because you are great and mighty and strong. God, you are better and bigger and greater than anything that we can ask, think, or imagine. God, you can do great things in us and with us and through us. And Father, we just ask for that today. We have come into your presence to worship you, to lift you up. We are grateful for this opportunity to gather together. Lord, because there are so many places in the world that they're not allowed to do that. And we're thankful for this opportunity. We don't, we don't ever want to take it for granted. God, I just pray that you would work and move in each life of every single person. God, there is no one who is here by accident. There is no one who is watching by accident, whether it's live or whether it's later on. God, I just, I thank you for each and every individual who has chosen to be together in your house. And God, I just pray your will be done in each life. Lord, you know the, the needs that we've come in with, those who have burdens and pains. God, those who, who are hurting emotionally, spiritually, physically. God, you know exactly what's going on. And God, you see and you have a plan and a purpose not only to heal us and restore us, but God, you have a purpose for the pain. I pray that you would work and move in us today, that we honor you and please you in all we say and do. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, Lord, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, Lord, I want to see you. See you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. You're high and lifted up, and 
is shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Sing. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, I want to You high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. You are high and lifted up, and you're shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love. As we sing holy, holy, holy. Join with the angels today and sing that out. Holy, holy, holy. You are holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Lord, reveal yourself today. Holy, holy, holy. You are holy, 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 I want to see you. Holy, 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 Lord, you're holy, 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 I want to see you. Holy, 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 we stand before you today. Holy, 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 you are holy, 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 and I want to see you. Lord, I want to see you. Oh, I want to see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are holy and good, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a
Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. Oh, I raise a hallelujah. In the middle of this mystery, I raise a hallelujah. You've lost your hold on me So I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated so good and mighty and strong, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, you can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, heroes and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, and fill my life again. Everything I believe in Now I surrender To my Savior He can move my mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Forever Author of salvation heroes and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing for the glory of the risen king jesus shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, you can move my mountains. God, you are mighty to save. You are mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, you rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So save he can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the
give him praise today, not just because of what he's done, but because of who he is. We thank you, Lord. Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Time to receive our tithe and offering. For us, we'll come at this time. Brother Jordan, do you mind saying the blessing over the offer for us this morning, please? at home. It is time now to receive prayer requests. Sister. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Gretchen. Gretchen, pray for Papa back. Sister Wiseman.
had some work issues going on, so I would definitely pray for us then. Uh, we need some people badly. <laughs> it's getting it's getting tough. So and it's everywhere. So and Gracie has a she starts her job today, a new job. So she's a little nervous. I want to pray for her that everything goes well. Pray for wisdom. Okay, that's it. If anyone has any unspoken requests, raise your hands and stand with me as we go to the Lord this morning.
fellowship. Yes.
morning again. <coughs> Excuse me. So this morning, again, hello to those online. Hope y'all are doing well, and I uh, hope that you're able to get back soon. If you're not able to be here with us for whatever reason, we uh, we're glad that we can watch virtually. That's a a great tool. We are happy for that, but we'd like to see you in person. That's a great thing. So, uh, I told y'all before that uh, I did not know how long faith. I didn't know how long faith would last. That sounds bad. I did not know how long we would uh, hope that our faith lasts a long time, and that you uh, that you look back on the if you took any notes or if you missed a service then then please do watch it online because they are archived so you can go back for the past um, well for a long time I don't know how many pages it goes back but but quite a few and look back at uh, the different messages about faith and how it builds but I was I was you know, in prayer and making notes and that sort of thing and last week kind of felt like the finale of it and uh, and then as I was, you know, Monday came. I was like, "All right, Lord, where are we going? Is it still faith?" Or, and we're moving on. So I am excited. Someone asked me yesterday if we were back in faith, and I said, "Nope, we're starting something new." And I am, I'm excited. I hope that y'all will be as well. Um, we are we are taking a look. I believe that the Lord is is leading us to know what we believe and why we believe it. That's something that's really important to me, that not just those um, not and sermons of encouragement, they're great, uh, and sermons of, um, of y'all need to get right with the Lord, that's great too, but when we're in the church, we need to understand what we believe and why we're believing it, uh, not just to take it at a surface level, and I've heard this all my life, but to really dig deep and understand. So we have... Uh, heard it said, or I've heard it said, that if someone tells you about who they are, you should believe them. And the the same is true of God. That we need to look at what he says about himself and how he has instructed us to to get a deeper understanding of him. And we know him, of course, because we have a, a relationship with him, but because he is so wholly other than us. So far beyond our understanding, knowing him to the fullest is, is impossible. But I hope that as we study more and more, we'll be able to, to know him better. So we begin with the ten words. Brother Mike calls them the top ten. That's right. We are, we are taking a look at the ten words, which y'all may know as the ten commandments. And my plan is, my thought is that each week, so it'll be at least 10 weeks, um, <laughs> y'all can see an end in sight, but that we're going to be taking a look at the commandments and what they mean, what they meant in context to the children of Israel, but also what they mean for us now living under a, a new covenant with Christ. So we're taking a look. And, of course, we'll be in Exodus chapter 20. But just to give a little background, uh, we're starting with those laws that the Lord gave to the children of Israel. So consider the situation of the Israelites. They had been chosen by God. We know this, that through Abraham, his entire seed was to be blessed. He, it was going to be more numerous than the sands in the sea and the stars in the sky. And 
he had been promised by God a land to dwell in and blessings beyond measure and that his children would for generation after generation be blessed by God so they had been promised a, a prosperous land numerous descendants then famine hit God planned for the preservation of his people by sending Joseph ahead of them that was not the plan of Joseph he didn't understand why it was going that way but God understood why he had to go through all this suffering and that's the that's a beautiful thing about God because our suffering is for a purpose our our difficulties are, are for a reason because he's shaping us and molding us into later down the road we'll be able to look back and say oh that makes sense so he sent Joseph ahead to preserve the people and they all came 70 people to Egypt for food all these 70 people knew about God they knew it from the oral traditions there at that point we don't know that there had anything been written down so Abraham had a, an experience with God he he knew he knew God and God had spoken to him God said you know leave the Ur of the Chaldees leave the land that you're in and and head to a place that I'll show you so of course Abraham had that experience with God and time after time he had these experiences of God's faithfulness that he could pass down to his children and he was able to share with them the the ways that God had come through for him that he was he was Yahweh Yira Je Jehovah Jireh we sang about this morning that uh, up on the mountain when he was about to sacrifice Isaac that God provided he showed up on time and so Abraham was able to share that with his children and of course Isaac was had lived through the situation so he was able to share with his descendants that this is what had happened and, and God's faithfulness time and time again God's faithfulness in providing for for Isaac and providing for Jacob a wife that was the right person for them and when Jacob was in another land and he had worked and worked and worked but God prospered him despite the fact that he had been cheated so many times out of his wages and then God brought him into the the land that he was supposed to inherit and God touched the the joint of his thigh and blessed him he changed his name so all these different things that God had done and throughout the history but none of it had been written down it had all been passed down from generation to generation so the children of Israel those people who went in those 70 people who went into Egypt that's all they knew was the stories that they had been told these family stories that centered around God and who he was so for hundreds of years the people had lived in oppression. So they had no written tradition of who God was. They only had oral tradition from three generations of men and women who were faithful to the Lord. So this is their history of God. And then they come into bondage. And they live their entire lives as slaves. Although they certainly would have shared stories of God's faithfulness for many of them, these may have merely felt like fairy tales because if I'm in the middle of a bad situation and I hear oh God is faithful and he worked this out and he showed up on time and he did this for Abraham and he showed up for Isaac and he provided for Jacob in these ways but I'm not feeling it then maybe it's a little hard to believe 
it's a little hard to understand and again it, it feels kind of like a fairy tale then consider the factors of their deliverance Moses approached the people with news that God had heard their cries and was making a plan to deliver them they didn't know much about Moses he had grown up in the palace certainly they would have known who he was but it's like, what is this guy doing they witnessed plagues and miracles intended for their rescue. And once out of Egypt, the Lord provided for their needs. But they did not know the Lord in the way that he wanted them to. In the wilderness was the opportunity for God to reveal himself to them. So they, they leave, and they're in the wilderness. They'd been led to Mount Sinai after three months they finally came to this place. They had witnessed the miraculous power of God through the plagues, through the parting of the Red Sea. They had experienced his provision by manna and water from the rock. Day by day, they were, they were fed from heaven. They were given water from a rock. After three months of this, they were complaining and quarreling. Because they had never, they had never been outside of what was normal to them. They had always been stuck in this place of slavery and bondage. And as they're coming out, God is doing something in them. The Lord led them to Mount Sinai. The configuration of this place is a natural amphitheater with much space around there for the exiles to stand and receive God's laws directly from God the people were able to hear God speak and then Moses also reiterated the words of God the Lord made it clear to Moses that the people were to stay a safe distance from the mountain we see this in chapter 19 that they are supposed to, to stay away because if they touch the mountain they would be killed so them and their animals and, and all the people were to stay away a safe distance they were to be surrounding the mountain but stay a safe distance away the people and the priests were told to sanctify themselves as holy before the lord and when moses ascended the mountain the presence of the lord descended in earthquake and smoke and the people witnessed all this they they heard the sound the rumbling of the earthquake and they saw the fire and they they were shocked and amazed because they had never seen this kind of thing before and they were worried and concerned and after Moses came down they said please don't ever make us talk to the Lord you just take that care of that for us because we ain't going to be dealing with this stuff that's scary we want to stay away so when when the Lord spoke these are the things he said chapter 20 and for today we're just reading verses 1 and 2 of of this chapter it says and God spake all these words saying I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage the foundation upon which the law was set was this verse what we know as the ten commandments are known better to the Jews as the ten words or the covenant because this was the beginning of the covenant for them God had brought them out of 
the land of Egypt, and he said, I'm going to make a covenant with you that you obey me, that you listen to me, that you do what I'm asking you to do. God was teaching his people how to love him and how to live with one another in a context that was completely different. Because again, they were slaves. They had no choices. They had no opportunities. The only thing that they could do was wake up in the morning, go to work, go back home, go to bed. That's it. Day after day after day, just whatever the slave masters told them to do, that was what they had to do. So God is trying to change their perspective, trying to show them some things that they'd never seen. So in my study, in my study, I learned something interesting. According to Jewish tradition, verse 2 is word or commandment 1. This is different than, than what we have typically seen because we consider in the Christian world the, this verse 2 to be a, a prelude to what God is about to say. And we consider the first commandment to be, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. We'll talk about that one next week. But according to Jewish tradition, the first word is that... The Lord your God has brought you out of the land of Egypt. First word that God spoke to his people. So, because the Jews were the ones to whom this was originally given, I'm going to adjust my preaching, my ideas, to that. Because that's just the tradition that they have. And I don't think that, and many scholars disagree, so if you disagree, I don't think it's a thing that you go into heaven or hell one way or the other because of this. You got you to gotta keep it anyway, right? So it's okay if you think differently, that's fine. But again, according to Jewish tradition, that is the case, that this was word one from God. Since this was the first word of God to his people, it must be what the law is going to be built upon. So notice this. Notice what he says. He says, I... Yahweh. I am the Lord. I, Yahweh. This is the covenant name for God. So the way that he introduced himself through Moses, because Moses said, Lord, what if they don't believe me that you've sent me? And he said, tell them that I am sent you. Tell him that Yahweh sent you, that I am, that I am the covenant God. I want to make a covenant with them. I want to I want to agree with them. So he's introducing himself to the people in this way. He comes before them and he says, I am. First thing, Yahweh. I am. The Lord is establishing that he is, I am. He will forever be whatever it is that they need. Then he says, not only is he Yahweh, covenant God, he says, thy God. So, not just the covenant God of the nation, but he is thy personal God. To each of the two million or so people, he is saying, I am your, not only am I the covenant God, I am your personal God. And this was something that was very special because 
He wanted to be in relationship with each and every one of the people. And it's amazing because he's a God who can. He is the God who is able to hear each and every one of our prayers and stop heaven for each and every one of us because time doesn't matter to him. He can hear each one of us. He can take a pause to hear our prayer and to meet our need. So he's saying to them, I want you to not just feel like this is a national thing, but a personal thing. So each and every person would have heard God speak this from the mountain. This was a, a reminder to each person that they were to have an individual relationship with Elohim. This is the name that's used here. And also, this, this rendering of Elohim is the plural name of God, showing from the foundation of the Ten Commandments that God exists in three persons. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said, I am I am your personal triune God. I am Father, I am Son, I am Holy Spirit. Establishing that from the very beginning. He says to them, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out. I have brought you out. This would be an important thing later on when, uh, when they set up the calf and said, this is the God that brought us out bless their hearts this was not very long after this I'm like come on guys he just said don't have any idols and and I'm the Lord the God that brought you out and y'all messing up already Lord help us that happens sometimes but he says I am the one that brought you out not by might nor by power not by the strength and the intelligence and the ability of Moses but only by the mercy of God were they delivered he said, I am the God that brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. So, of course, we know he did bring them out of Egypt. He had just brought them out three months prior. But this phrase, even though it seems self-explanatory, of course, they were living as slaves in Egypt. Now they were free from the land. It makes sense. But this phrase also means so much more than the surface. Egypt, and I wrote it down, and I can't, I don't know that I'll be able to say it correctly. Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, Yim, yeah. Translates to double straits, meaning narrow place. Dire straits, you've heard of that? If you're in dire straits, you have a rock on one side and a hard place on the other. So Egypt, this was kind of a, a slang term. The land of Egypt was known as the dire straits, a narrow place. And God is saying to them, I have brought you out of a tight spot. This also is a dual word with another Hebrew word meaning limits. So he's saying to them, I've taken you out of the land of limits. Because their entire lives were limited to wake up, work, go to bed. Oh, my. <laughs> I, that, I, <clears throat> that may not just be the children of Israel had it. 
but their lives were limited to a very small sphere a very small enclosed limited space of get up do what you're told go to bed you don't you don't have any choices you don't have any opinions you don't have any purpose except to serve Egypt so what does this first word mean to us I mentioned to someone that that I had learned that according to Jewish tradition this was the first commandment and that person said to me how is that a commandment okay that's true it's not technically a commandment but commandment comes from our terminology again this is called the the decalogue or the words it said and God spake all of these words saying so it is a word and we talked just a few weeks ago that one word from the Lord can change everything so when we consider this that this is the first word that God spoke to his people the same is true here that one word that first word can change everything because we have to get the foundation right if we're not built on the correct foundation if our lives are not built on the fact that God is a covenant God who is a personal God for us if we don't have that foundation then we are going to be shifting remember that these people listening had a slave mentality and little personal knowledge of God they had been taught to pray certainly because it, the Bible says that God had heard their cries so they knew how to pray they knew the traditions they knew the history of their people but they had little personal relationship with him the laws that they had been living under were to keep them afraid and bound believing that there was punishment and death if they attempted freedom they'd been living under the laws of Egypt with little freedom with with little little liberty so they had a slave mentality it was going to be really difficult for them to branch out into their God-given purpose because that's never been who they were. This is a way that God's laws are different from man's laws. God's laws are not limits. I'll say that again. God's laws are not limits. They're protections. When, when people misunderstand the Bible and the commandments of God, they say, oh, why do you have to do such and such a thing? Why can't you do Why does God say, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that? It's not to limit us, it's to protect us. It's because when we are within a boundary, we feel safe. When we know how far we're able to go one way or the other, that's protection, that's safety for us. And that's what God does for us. Also, God's laws show us how holy God is and how sinful we are and therefore how much we need Him. If He is, since He is, the creator of the entire universe, He gets to decide how things are run, and that's okay. He knows how best for everything to go. Consider 
the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, they say, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, talking about Jesus, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And the, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So, when Jesus was asked, what is the first commandment? And first meaning foremost in time, place, or importance. He replied that the first commandment was to understand that the Lord, that Yahweh, is one. I'm just saying, if Jesus said it was the first one, I don't know. But anyway, it is often suggested that the commandments to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength encapsulate the first four words the first four commandments and we'll kind of look at it that way so the first four commandments will be will be uh, covered in the idea of love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength and then the the second commandment that jesus spoke about love your neighbor as yourself those cover the last six of the commandments because it's how we deal with one another so we will be seeing it in that that context as we go through So we're able to know the Lord our God even better when we understand this first word. So there are three things that we can learn that I believe we can take away from the first commandment that, that will help us. First of all, He is I am and He is also a personal God. Again, this was the origin of their covenant. Therefore, God used his covenant name, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, in all caps. They've lost the name. This is a whole other series. We talked about this in our class. But they've, they were n not allowed to pronounce the name of God, so it's just our assumption that it's pronounced this way. But this means I am, or I will be what I will be. <laughs> he will not limit himself to being one thing or another he says I will be what I will be I am I am God and I will be anything that you need anything day by day and minute by minute that you need I am we often tack other identifiers onto this name to show that just like we did in in the song you know he is Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yireh um, that he is Yahweh Nisi, that he is Yahweh Shalom, that he is what we need at all times, and he is covenanted, he has promised to be that. But that he is also thy God. To each person listening to his voice from the mountain, to each person listening to his voice today, here in this place, watching online, he desires 
that we know him as much as he can be known. He desires to draw us in and share his heart with us. So not only is he covenant God and powerful enough to be everything we need, but he is also personal and close and draws us near. Regardless of our past experiences with him, our closeness or lack thereof, he makes himself available if we desire to draw near to him. The second thing we see in this first word, he delivers for a purpose. He had brought them out of Egypt, but to what end? And they ask him, God, are you just going to leave us here in, in the wilderness? You know, we don't have any food. We don't have any water. At least, at least back in Egypt, we had onions to eat. Come on, guys. He delivers for a purpose. He doesn't just bring you out to leave you. He didn't bring us this far to give up on us now. If he started a good work in you, he will continue it until the day of its completion. He promises this. Their calling as the children of God was still relevant, even in bondage. I'll say that again. Their calling as the children of God was still relevant, even in bondage. Just because they were bound did not mean that they stopped being God's children. That It didn't mean that, that they were no longer the chosen people. It meant that no matter what circumstances they were facing, no matter how long it took, God was going to make a way to bring them out. God had not forgotten them for those hundreds of years. He had heard their prayers and seen their tears. He had not forgotten them. He had not forsaken them. No, he was getting a generation to a place that they were ready to leave. He was getting them ready. He was getting them prepared. A group of people who were sick and tired of being stuck in the same place. He was getting a deliverer ready. He was getting a Moses prepared to come and be the leader, to lead the people out. He was getting a people ready to move when he said move. He was preparing them. He was preparing the land ahead of them. He was getting Canaan ready. He was having other people plant the vineyards and, and have olive groves and all these things ready for when the children of Israel came in that they were able to inhabit the land and they didn't have to do a thing. God was getting a people prepared and that's the thing when we are stuck. Wondering, God, why am I still in this situation? God, why has it not worked out for me to move? He's getting everything in line. He's getting me in line to see that it is not by my might or by my power, by my ability, by my intelligence, but that he alone will get the glory for bringing me out because I'm going to be delivered to accomplish my purpose. Because if, I, if I'm stuck, if I'm in the middle of something and God brings me out and I don't do what I've been called to do, what was the point? 
if God delivers me and sets me free from addictions and from bondage and from depression and from all sorts of difficulties and I do not go out and glorify his name, then I should have just been left where I was. But God is getting us ready. God is getting us to a point that when we step out, we walk into purpose. The third thing, we are no longer slaves, living in dire straits. These people had a lot of Egypt still left in them. We'll see that more and more. (laughs) Those children of Israel had been in Egypt for 430 years. The majority of those had been slave years. The first few were fine because... Uh, Pharaoh loved Joseph and and he was good to his family for Joseph's sake but after that Pharaoh died and after no one else remembered Joseph then it was like oh these people they're getting strong in number let's oppress them so that they don't overtake us there was no one in the group there who had not been born into slavery There was not one person who was alive at the time of the exile who was not born a slave. The way that we have lived our lives greatly affects the way that we believe for our future. I'll say that again. The way that we have lived our lives greatly affects the way that we believe for our future. If you have been told all your life, you got this, you can do this, you're going to accomplish great things, things are going to go well for you, then in your mind, it's like, oh yeah, I can do this, I'm going to be fine. But if your entire life it's been, you're never going to make it, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you don't have the ability, then when you actually understand that God loves you and he has a purpose for you, it's a little bit difficult to step out and believe, oh, maybe I can. So it was tough for them to come into a place that they did not have all these oppressive rules on top of them to tell them what they had to do every day. This idea of freedom was a little unnerving. The Lord has taken the limits off but will we live in freedom or continue the attitudes and actions of the bound? I'm no longer a slave to sin, but if I keep acting like it, then there was no point in me being set free. Those who are bound have no hope. They may even take issue with those who offer them hope, refusing to believe. Those who are bound live small, taking no risks, being fearful. But God made a way. He he took the limits off. He's saying, you are no longer bound. The limits are gone. I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you. So today... We have now laid the foundation of the ten words. This is level one, and we're building on this. As we build upon these, we'll see the Lord reveal himself more and more. But 
for now the things that God has revealed to us through this are number one he is both covenant God and personal God number two he delivers his people to accomplish their purpose and number three we are no longer slaves so there's no reason to act like we have limitations as the music plays we'll just go to the Lord in prayer and help ask him to help us to to reveal himself more and more to us through his word through what he's saying Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are so grateful that you speak these words to us. God, that thousands of years ago, you came down onto the mountain, stood before Moses, and you gave him these words, and that they're still relevant to us today. God, that you made a covenant with your people, and that you make a covenant through Jesus Christ with us. And Father, we ask you that you would have your will and your way in each of our lives. God, help us to see you more, to see you better. God, to understand that you are I am. You are the covenant God and you are the personal God. Father, that we can call on you for anything that we need. But God, even if it's just to wrap us up in your arms, you can do that too. That you come over and you... You'll wrap us up. We thank you, God. Father, we thank you. And we ask you to help us to understand that we are delivered for a purpose. That there's a purpose and a plan that each of us has that before we were born, before we were in our mother's womb, God, you chose us. You set up a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And God, that if we are still here, our purpose is not complete. That if we're still alive, that you're still working. I ask you that you would help each and every one of us to understand that it is not about what I can do. It's not about how great I am, how much I can accomplish, but it is about what you can do through me. Lord, we open up ourselves to you as willing vessels and we say, Lord, do whatever you want to in our lives. And God, I pray that you would break down a slave mentality. God, whatever has been spoken into our lives, whatever negative things that the enemy has tried to tear us down with from the time we were young, even until now, God, those lies that the enemy shouts into our heads, I ask you that you would tear down those lies today, that you would help us to understand that we are no longer slaves, that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of the punishment of what might happen if we don't obey but God we understand that we love you and that you love us God I just ask that you would touch each and every life speak to us give us a hunger a desire a thirst after your word God a a desire to spend more and more time with you to know you better we need you father We need you. God, and for those who are struggling today, those who are having a hard time, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, God, whatever it is, you see the needs we brought in. 
and we surrender them to you today. God, with open hands, we say, take it. Take it, God. Whatever the struggle is, whatever the worry is, we understand that it we can't do it on our own. But you can do great things through us. God, we praise you for all that you do and all that you are. And we say over your people, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. <laughs> may he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.